This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Parrish Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Ryan Spirer. The head brewer of Parish Brewing. We're going to talk about award-winning beers, fruited sours, and of course, we have to talk about Ghost in the Machine. It turns out there's a double dry hop version of that, Tim. That sounds double tasty, Brian. It's going to be great. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Ryan, we appreciate it, man. Speaking of Ghost in the Machine, we actually just opened up Ghost in the Machine, the single hop version here. That was my introduction. I think probably a lot of people outside of Louisiana, probably their introduction to your brewery. Yeah, locals in Louisiana... A lot of them came to know us with Cane Break, which was the only beer we were producing for a while. But everyone out of state, it's Ghost in the Machine. To them, we are Ghost in the Machine Brewing Company. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we enjoy it. Like I said, we started yeah. getting it here. I think my first introduction was maybe at one of the uh, juice festivals here, right? I think that's no, about right. Ghost I think machine, that's, but it's yeah. Been- Good stuff. I think we actually had a friend send us a bottle of it at one point prior to that even. We did. May not have been a fresh bottle, but it it was a bottle. But it was a bottle. Yes, absolutely. Well, Brian, how was your week? It was a pretty good week, a pretty eventful, uh, busy week. Uh, Shortly after we got done recording the show last week, I I went out to a Black is Beautiful preview at Second Self Brewing Company, and we hung out there, and I sampled that. I sampled some of the other fun things that they were, that they have been working on, uh, New contender, their new IPA, and a uh, dad made breakfast, and a new contender, Brett Ale, which dad uh, made breakfast. Brett IPA. What is that? You're dad throwing made... these beer names out, but I, I know, know I'm getting excited about. about all of them. There's okay. so much to all talk right. about. Dad made breakfast is a, I believe it's a coffee stout. I don't have all the details. Granddad made breakfast is a different version. That's whiskey barrel aged. I think Dad made breakfast is an imperial coffee stout, okay. pastry stout, I believe. But uh, yes, so many beers, a lot to be excited about. Did that. Uh, I got into my uh, my drink your cellar pick. We got to sure. get into that. Uh, Left yeah. hands wake up the dead from 2012. A 10.2 percent imperial stout. It turned a little little tart. It was only supposed to be aged for seven years. Technically, I'm a little over seven years, but uh, it, was, it was still pretty solid. It was still, still a pretty good okay. beer. Just a nice, tiny little bit of tart gave right. it some character. So many things, Tim. What about you? You must have gotten good, into good a few time, things. Brian. Good time. You know, we uh, we went over last weekend and checked out uh, Jekyll Brewing, one of uh, a brewery we've had here for a while. You know, when the laws changed in 2017 here in Georgia breweries were able to have restaurants prior to that they couldn't sell food so a lot of breweries opened up secondary tap rooms with restaurants jekyll's one that did that they opened up towards the end of last year we went over there and checked them out tasted some of their beers had a really nice fruited goza there the uh, seersucker that was extremely nice we got to eat some seafood some oysters and crawfish hush puppies and all kinds of good stuff that was so great. I had a good time. And my drink your cellar pick, Brian, if I drink it from someone else's cellar, but I'm drinking it, can I still 
Hashtag drink your cellar. Eh, why not? Drink okay. someone's cellar. <laughs> All right. So I had a 2002 JW lease that I purchased at Truck and Tap, one of our great sponsors there. So I uh, got into that, and that was really good. And then I stopped by um, Terrapin Tap Room at the Truist Park. I was going to say SunTrust Park, but Truist Park now. They're at the Brave Stadium. Tried some of their stuff. Uh, we actually have uh, one of their beers we'll get into a little bit later. We got to try a really cool lager that they had there that they were calling a Texas-style lager that they brewed in conjunction with Fox Brothers Barbecue, and they used what they called American Noble Hops, Citra Noble. Ryan, Citra Noble, are you yeah. familiar with those American Noble Hops? I'm trying to think what they mean by that, like just noble-type varieties? Well, so this is, and I just looked up a little bit of information because this was totally new to me, and when I found these American Citras, it said that they take a Citra, basically, and pretty much debitter it. So you get the, the okay. flavor from the citrus. I think I've seen that. I know they take like uh, they take those American hops, and I think it's leftovers from whenever they're enhancing, enriching the pellets, and because okay. you get more of those like floral type characters, so they call it like noble citra noble. I see. Making the most out of your uh... do what you got to do, like like they did the hop hash where they were scraping stuff off from processing. Yeah. Make use yeah. of all of it, uh-huh. man. Make use of all. Do of it. it all. It's do like it the all. chicken nuggets of hops. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Grind them up, put them in there. Somebody will buy it. So, Hot meat yeah. nuggies. Yeah. But it made for a really nice, a really nice beer. Had some of those, had some barbecue there and uh, just had uh, a real good time. And Brian, one thing I want to throw in here where I don't forget, we have a new episode of Hops and Ledgers out. For those oh, yeah. not familiar with Hops and Ledgers, that's a quarterly episodes that we do in association with Whitfleet Accountants. And it's more focused on the business of beer rather than just drinking beer and that. And this one, our first episode, Brian, we talked about financial resources for breweries entering the coronavirus crisis. Unfortunately, we have been in the middle of this for a whole quarter. So the the latest episode is reopening your brewery amid the coronavirus crisis. And we have Chris Heron, the CEO of Creature Comforts, joined us. And we had Eric Hashberger, who is the director of retail operations at Weldworks Brewing out in Colorado. They joined us along with a couple of the guys from Whitflea. And that's on our Beer Guys radio podcast feed. So if you're in the beer business, check that one out. It's good stuff. The intro and then the outro. Well, Tim, I think it's time for the Beers of the Week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brian, as always, we have just a phenomenal selection of beers. As you might guess, we're going to drink a lot of good parish beers. We already have drank some really good parish beers. But uh, we also have from Second Self, Brian, you brought in the Black is Beautiful Stout. that will get Terrapin sent us over their Hellerbach which is a beer that I'm not sure if that's released yet. I think it was in the bright tank, but they were kind enough to give us uh, some growlers of that from their, uh, from their tap room. So we'll uh, probably crack into that a little bit later. We have enjoyed Parrish's strawberry cane break, which is American pale wheat with a strawberries. We had greetings from grand Isle and Ryan. I was crazy about that one. That is so good, man. That is exactly my cup Delicious, of tea isn't it man so good fantastic coconut lime kiwi i believe are the flavors there is that right that is correct in a berliner beer and it delivers Ryan. it perfectly key lime specifically i know it gives it get you know so. yeah and then of course ghost in the machine that we're sipping on right now we'll get into ddh ghost a little bit later brian we also have swamp stacks a pastry stout that is a collaboration with great notion and i will say this wrong reve reve Congratulations, you said it wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. There. I, you, you fooled me there. I it's thought I'd rev. got it. And then, so-called, man, so-called. Yeah. But, it's Rev. But we will, 
we we okay. you know as cajuns we just we gotta mess with people who aren't from around here so you I, know, I rev give tricky ones and another one that people like to mispronounce is uh envy people pronounce it as envy very often okay it looks like right. envy yeah. i kind of had that coming didn't i sure enough yeah. yep well brian what's happening this week in the news What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. All right, so let's start off with some controversy. A brewery in Calgary has pulled a beer after public outcry. The beer in question is Common Crown Brewing's Karen's Cherry Sour, which is a play on the popular internet meme where an entitled white woman wants to speak with the manager. Talk the manager. But it turns out the backlash wasn't from a horde of angry Karens. People took issue with uh, the brewery profiting off the kind of people that are frequently shown launching into racist tirades on the Internet. So especially since uh, one of their slogans was celebrate Karen with us today. Now, I'll be honest with you, Tim, did not realize that Karen was associated with racism. I did not see. I And I think, Brian, to be honest, I know that there are Karens that are racist, but I don't think the the stereotype of the meme is inherently racist. It's just a entitled suburbanite woman the you know the crop haircut and the let me speak to your manager type that's a karen so. yeah that's what i was thinking yeah. too was the let me yeah. speak to your manager aspect right that yeah. is one of the slogans too so. see it's just yeah. the celebration is the problem yeah well if you like free beer and you and everybody does now would be a good time to be down in sydney australia there's a robot bar serving free beer in sydney australia probably even as we speak Heineken teamed up with Sydney University's robotics department to set up a system of robotic arms doling out non-alcoholic Heineken 0.0 to anyone who wants it. And they're calling it their Heineken 0.0 contact bar. So it's a limited time, but get your free beer there. Sounds good to me. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're going to take a break and get us a brewery robot. We'll be back very soon to talk more with Parish Brewing Company. It's time to take your snack back with bold flavors that complement your latest brew. Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds will do just that with flavors like Korean Kimchi Barbecue, Honey Chipotle, Cilantro Lime, and more. Munch on these beer-friendly bacon bites right out of the bag or crush them in your favorite recipes as a substitute for breading. Find your next bag at Kroger or go to southernrecipesmallbatch.com for recipes and a buy two, get one coupon. That's southernrecipesmallbatch.com. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram i didn't enjoy it at all now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on all popular podcasting apps and unpopular podcasting apps too it's available on both They're out there man uh now let's get back to our talk with paris Bruin. Ryan, uh, thanks again for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're, we're drinking through your brews here, and we just got into 
double dry hop skeleton machine. And uh, we're told that these were uh, hidden four packs of the brewery we lucked out here. Is that right? That is correct. You guys lucked out. This is one that I'm very much looking forward to. And I have a friend that is in, he lives in Houston. He's from Louisiana. And uh, he heard that we got some of this and was a little bit jealous. <laughs> he's, been, he's been unable to get it on the uh, pre-buys. He hasn't made the cut. Yeah, those pre-buys are tough. Man, this this batch sold out so freaking fast. It sold out in, I don't remember if it was one minute or like two minutes, but it was ridiculously fast. It's crazy wow. how fast some of these goes. We were talking recently about like stuff going on sale like that. I actually got to do a talk with the guys at Terrapin and we were reminiscing back to the days when you actually had to go physically set in a line like to get concert tickets back when you had to line up a yeah. ticket master and wait. And, you know, and I think some beer, I think some breweries still do that, but a lot of going to the online methods like craft seller is one that's popular here. Ryan, are you familiar with craft seller? I am not. It's an app that you can do your pre-sales and some people, some breweries sell uh, special events on there or, or different uh, membership, like their club memberships and that, but it's okay. just an easier way you, you can get on there and, you know, do all your, do all your beer ordering. So now instead of getting in the line too late if your internet connection isn't fast enough you don't get queued up fast enough then you miss out <laughs> pretty so much yeah technology getting you there. at least you can miss out from the comforts of your of own your home. own home yeah exactly. that's nice yeah <laughs> well ryan uh we want to talk to you a little bit about your brewing background so uh prior to parish what uh, what kind of background did you have before starting there i was a home brewer so okay, um cool. yeah i started home brewing uh when i was in college Started doing extract on the stove, and I had done that for a couple of years. And then I actually found out about Parrish, because I was living in Lafayette at the time. And Broussard's right outside of Lafayette. And I went over there, because I was interested in checking the place out, because I was kind of, you know, that passion for homebrewing was developing. I had caught the bug at that point. And talked to the owner, Andrew. It was just him and uh, one other guy, Philip, who's now our um, packaging manager. Got to see the brewery. That was back when Parrish, they were brewing on a 50-gallon home-built oh, brew wow. house. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> real small. The only thing they were making was cane break, but I was looking at this little base, you know, nano brewery they had in a little small like warehouse strip that they were renting out, and I was like, this is so amazing. This is what I want to oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I told them, like, when you guys need another person, like, I'll do anything. I'll mop or clean the toilets you know i just i want to work here and it was maybe about four months later andrew emailed me back and said you know hey we we need another person now it was right around when they were first starting the bottle cane break and we we had a six head maheen filler and so they needed extra hands to do that so i started off basically helping out with bottling yeah you know that's you hear a lot of people talk about like the way they got into brewing and it is something that people just love to do. Like there's not a lot of businesses where you can get people volunteer to just come work. Like, Hey, we need some help yeah. on the bottling line. We need some help packaging. You'll get people to line up to do that. Yeah. People don't do that at like uh, you know, 
lag screw fabricator factories. Yeah, we need some help boxing screws. (laughs) Maybe you need to hire somebody that's right. Like my passion is, you know, developing cardboard (laughs) box technology. This is what this is what I want to do. Love card. You got a cardboard box seller at home with all these vintage boxes in there and that. Hey, (laughs) whatever floats your boat there. Now, speaking of homebrewing, though, you got into homebrewing. I mean, you got pretty serious with that. If I if I saw correctly, you you ended up with like a one barrel homebrew system, correct? Yep, that's right. I have a one barrel homebrew system. I have a three vessel stout tanks and kettles brew house. And okay. now at this point, I've got three of the one barrel SS Brewtech glycol chilled conicals. And I just recently got an SS Brewtech there, that fancy new grain mill that they released. So that thing's nice. pretty awesome. Okay. And I just got a notification today that my October can seamers shipped, so I'm gonna start messing around with cans. Yeah, too. full production in the, in, uh, in yeah. the base. And this there. is this is all at your house. You're still brewing actively at home while head yep. brewing at uh, Parish. Really, that is correct. That's cool. So yeah, that's passion right there. It is. I manage brewing operations at work, and then yeah, I come home and do more brewing. <laughs> Get home from a long day of brewing and go brew some more. <laughs> well, you know, because that was one thing that we were going to ask Ryan is because I talked to a lot of brewers and they said once they started brewing professionally, they either didn't have the time or the desire. Oh, to, yeah. to really homebrew anymore. You yeah, know? and it's nah, funny because no, that's something that, like, you know, my boss, Andrew, he, he was saying, like, oh, you're not going to want to brew and blah, blah, blah. But, nope, it didn't turn out Still there, way. man. That's <laughs> passion. That's where it's at. And some guys get into radio and they quit homebrewing, too. I mean, that's, it, that's, it happens, all, I happens know to a lot of people. To. You know what, though, Ryan? I don't want to make you too jealous here, but you're talking about your brew house at home. You should know that our mash ton <laughs> is a rectangular fish cooler with a bass fish stamped on the front of it. So hey, that's I just thought, neat. You know, it's leaping yeah. out of the water. It is three dimensional and everything. So you know what? We poked fun at our little hoopty <laughs> system, but we put it together and we made some darn good beers. We won awards on, on with that. Hey, you can nice. make yeah. awesome beer with some pretty sure. jalopy hodgepodge equipment. So no, yeah, no man. knocking on uh, you know jalopy mash tons and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, man. Well, you know you talk about even some some pretty famous big brewers like sierra nevada they t- started with old dairy tanks and that yeah because there really wasn't that size of brew equipment around at that time so right. that's that's yeah you gotta do what you gotta do to make beer sure enough now the brews that you do at home is that kind of an extension of what you do i think i saw you kind of use that as an r&d lab or so to speak i do like some of the stuff it does act as kind of an incubator for parish but Parish, we're basically like a haze, fruit, and pastry factory, which okay. those yeah. three, you know, are kind of like the, I think the holy trinity of hype the trinity. is how I describe <laughs> it, you know, right now in the craft beer. And I kind of get, you know, a little tired of that sometimes at work. So like, I'll go home and I'll be like, you know what? I am going to brew a Munich Dunkel, you know, a barrel of Munich Dunkel for me to just drink at home. So I kind of strike out and do more traditional stuff. Pretty awesome at the house. Absolutely. So it's kind of a backlash situation with what you brew. Because that was one of the things I was going to ask is, what are you brewing at home after brewing what you're brewing over at Parish, being the hazies and and fruities and whatnot? If we were to homebrew again, Brian, I would lager. Man, I would have some pilsners, some real crispy pilsners. Oh, some great Italian pilsners. Oh, man. Man, just yeah. something like that. Just just them drinking beers because we can get, like you said, Ryan. There's plenty of 
of hazies and pastries and, and fruited sours out there. And I love all of those, yeah. but you know, I'm down with just kicking back and, and sipping some crispies too. We were chasing that KBS clone back in the day. I made a good jasmine rice pilsner recently. Okay. Uh, I just got a bag of like Mahatma jasmine rice at the grocery store. And I decided to try my hand at doing a cereal mash, you know. So that's another thing that's kind of fun at home. You can do inefficient, time-consuming things that, you know, you can't really do in a production facility when you're tied right. up. Yeah, and it turned out really well. It was the first time I'd done a cereal mash, and it made a nice, crisp pilsner. And I used sriracha ace hop, so it kind of gave this herbal, subtle, uh, yeah, like, the little dill. dill. Oh, yep, lemony yep, dill, it had that right. dill, lemon dill note, that sriracha ace, you know, is known I'm for. down. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's you don't see that hop as much anymore. But I remember it was we hot had, for three minutes. Yeah, yeah. we had a really nice <laughs> cask ale, the, a real ale that someone had done with a sriracha ace. It was really good, super nice hop. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Parish Brewing Company. thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built we're story time construction and we build breweries we're georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries we offer full build outs remodeling and additions as well as consulting and construction management give us a call at 770-733-4343 story time construction we build breweries You know we love good beer, and Athletic Brewing makes non-alcoholic beer that stands shoulder to shoulder with their boozy brethren. With a fraction of the calories and certified organic, it's a great beer to enjoy anytime. Athletic's got new brews like Cerveza Atletica just in time for summer. Check out the full selection at athleticbrewing.com. Use code BG25 for 25% off your first order, and U.S. customers get free nationwide shipping. Athletic Brewing, brew without compromise. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, WUVR, 1490 AM and 98.9 FM in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WUVR every Saturday at 10 p.m. local time. Now let's get back to a conversation with Parish Brewing. Ryan, we have moved on to your Rev, your coffee stout here, which is delicious, rich coffee in that. And uh, what we heard, this does not get a long boil. Is that correct? That is correct. That is <laughs> no, no 24-hour boils a one-hour huh? boil. Okay. All right. Did you say eight or was that eight, just one? One. Just one. one. one okay. All right. Boil. Making sure. What's the longest you boil a beer? Three hours. Okay. Which beer is that? Oh. Any barrel base beers. Okay. 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's still a relative. That qualifies as long not, boil to me. It's not a t- swamp stacks is boil for three hours. It didn't go in okay. the barrels, but yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to drinking that's that it. one. We that just, one I think is up next after this off air. While we were on break, we had a little conversation about long boils and that's a uh, Ryan admission to us. He's not sold on the magic of, you know, 24 hour boils and that, that he believes yeah. you can produce the same thing without all that crazy boil time. Right. I think so. Yeah, and like I said, could be wrong on that. I don't have any definitive way to prove my side of the argument, but okay, I think you know, just using more melanoidin-heavy malts and adding more like you know darker caramelized kinds of sugars into the kettle, you know, you can get those same effects. That's what I've found from observation, anyway, and cool. trying stuff. As long as they're delicious. We enjoy the long boil. We like, I think, the novelty of it. If you say long oh, yeah. boil, that's our hype keyword. We've been classically conditioned. We're Pavlog's beer nerds. Bro. That's right. <laughs> you say long boil stout. You say crispy boy. We're there. We yeah. hear a kettle boiling and we start drooling. That's I it. mean, that really they is how us, that man. works. They got us, yeah. But, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, delicious beers and uh, stouts and things you might boil You don't for know a while. what you want to say I, right I, now, I don't do know, you, but I'm, I'm trying to get over to Rev which is what we're drinking now this uh coffee stout it is a coffee stout what can you tell us about that well it is so the uh rev is a local coffee roaster that we get a particular blend of beans that we selected from them specifically for this beer so we brew a milk stout base so it's got lactose in it to kind of keep more residual body in the finished product and we put a crap load of coffee beans into it and just a soupçon of vanilla to kind of give it a little more rounded edge to it. What was that thing of vanilla you put in there? Oh, a, a soupçon. Yeah, it's French. It just means like a like a tiny amount, like a, like okay. a small amount of something. <laughs> We're getting educated A here. petite pinchy poo, I think, uh, is what he was saying. That's, that's yeah. the Brian. Oh, is that, is <laughs> that the Georgia term for it? A petite That's the Brian. That's Brian <laughs> For some reason, I started saying these kind of things. I have no idea where I get them from. But, a little uh, pinchy poo there. So <laughs> local coffee in this, I, I'm going to have to ask because I am really obsessed with coffee. What variety of beans are you using? It's Colombian I want to say okay. I want to say it's Colombian. It's a Colombian blend. See, geeks like Brian don't get excited about Colombian. I love a really good Colombian coffee because I just like coffee, coffee. You know, when we were selecting roasts for this beer, the one that we chose, we didn't really like particular. Well, it was good, but it wasn't as good as a lot of the other options we had as a coffee. But when we put it in beer, in this beer, sure. It, tasted the best so okay you know it's interesting because you're not using the coffee all by itself so you got to think about it and you know and like the flavor interactions and synergies in terms of the beer you're putting it into it's so. got to support the malt yeah i scanned the text in the bottle it's actually colombian and java and i see full city roast so that means a dark roast which i'm not a huge fan of dark roast coffees drinking but in beer i think they that is probably a good way to go with some varieties yeah. of beans so. so you approve of that right, yeah. Brian? oh i like this beer i've had it before okay. I, I knew i liked it it just i was curious about uh I know. what went into it i didn't realize it was a uh, milk coffee stout so yeah yeah yep. 
Coffee. Good stuff. Well, Ryan, we want to talk a little bit about the uh, Cicerone program because I saw you're actually an advanced Cicerone. Is that correct? I am. Now, so the first question, is it Cicerone or Cicerone? Cicerone. That's okay. I thought so. Now, I know that folks like to poke fun at it and say Cicerone. It's yeah. a, it's a meme, yeah. internet meme. People <laughs> like to poke fun. Do your non-beer geek friends poke fun at you for your Cicerone certification? Uh, no, because my non-beer okay. geek friends, either they just don't even know what it is, so if it ever comes up, it kind of goes over their head. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> or, yeah. or like, you know, they kind of, because like kind of the go-to way is like, oh, it's like a sommelier, but for beer. That's right. And, you yeah. know, like yeah. then they'll kind of be like, oh, that's neat, you know. Sure. And it doesn't really go much farther than that most of the time. They probably focus on this guy makes good beer. Be quiet about whatever he's involved Don't in. It's cool. It. It's cool. Yeah. He makes good beers. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, I am a, a Cicerone CBS, you know, the first entry level, the certified beer. Okay, server. Yeah. And I've heard that going from a CBS to a certified Cicerone is pretty tricky that it's, you know, it's a big jump up from there. So yeah, the curve is pretty steep. I would say all the way up, up all yeah. levels. Okay. That was going to be my question. So going from certified to advanced, how tricky was that? It was pretty tough. It took me three three attempts to okay. finally get advanced. And, uh, and man, master is really tough. So I've taken the master exam twice, and okay. I'm actually signed up for my third attempt. Third time is the charm, Ryan. You're going yeah. to do it. Man. Hopefully. Yeah. I hope so, too. I'm curious, any insight as to what it is about it? That's uh, what makes it so challenging because I am just a plebe. I've never taken any of these certifications. Loser. I'm not a big test taker. I'm, I've just yeah, never been into yeah. that. I just give me some beer. I'm good. It's just so comprehensive. I mean, it's master, you know, and I mean, there's sure. only yeah. there's only 19 people in the world who have passed it as of, you know, now. And the exam is two days long. I two mean, days just, long. Yeah, two days you're there from like it starts at like eight or eight thirty, and then it finishes at like six each day. There's eight tasting panels. There's like I want to say eight oral examinations that you got to do, where you go into a room, you know, with somebody, and it's 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 like you you'll you'll be one on one with some industry luminaries, you know, like Randy Mosher and oh uh, yeah yeah and Ray Daniels himself, you know, wow. uh, and they'll be quizzing you about beer styles and giving you a beer to taste blind and uh, handing you a little bit of food, you know, and you got to analyze the flavor and break it down. And then they'll give you a beer, taste the beer, compare them, describe how they synergize together. And then you need to, you know, recommend a different beer, different adjustments, basically like just build, build a dish around a beer, that kind of stuff. So it gets really tricky. See, that's what I thought when I was seeing all this about like the, I think the tasting panel is what trips up a lot of people in the certified yeah. Cicero. Yeah. And I yeah. think the book learning would be no problem. I could learn all the, you know, all the, the stuff, the tech specs and all of that. But I think the tasting, man, that'd get tricky. Taste, tasting stuff. I'm pretty good at the tasting you stuff. Could, like, okay. like all yeah. flavors, you know, and that sort of thing. I do pretty well on that. My weak spot is like beer and food pairing and yeah. Just yeah. beer styles because, you know, there's there's over a hundred of them. And just kind of remembering right. everything about all of them. is. And you have tough. to be on top of your game. If you have the sniffles or congestion, you've... you've Any little thing? You can you've oh, blown yeah. your chance Something of like passing that. Happens, that. You're toast. 
I've got anxiety and I'm not even taking the test. I have no plans on it. And I'm already a little, uh, you know, pulse rates up. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. Maybe not today, Brian, maybe not today for you. Okay. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're listening to the beer guys radio show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon with more from parish brewing company. and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Are you really doing Facebook right? I'm Aaron Williams, and here's your Marketing Minute. Facebook is a fantastic place to communicate with your fans. I'm sure you're using it to let people know about your specials, new beers, events. In other words, you're talking at your audience. Instead, try talking with your audience. Start conversations, ask questions, and show your fans what's going on behind the scenes. You'll make more of them, I promise. For more marketing tips and tricks, head to crafted-consulting.com slash radio. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Shake it back! Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Parish Brewing. Parish Brewing, so many good beers. We've enjoyed every one of these tremendously today. And uh, we had a goal to drink every beer that you had sent to us, Ryan, during the show taping. Um, If we'd done that, I think we would have been spent already. Yeah, he probably would have been a little silly. Yeah, but we did get to sample each one, and we're currently into uh, into your stout there, the Swamp Stacks, which is like we were talking earlier about the hazy, fruity pastry. It's uh, part of the uh, the trifecta here, right? The Holy Trinity. Yeah, man, so good stuff. Marshmallows, graham crackers, maple, all the flavors there. All of the good things that you want. In All beer. the good flavors. Yeah. Absolutely. But, Everything pastry. You know, something I want to ask you. So cane break, what does the, the name cane break? Is that a reference to something? When you're talking about uh, sugar cane fields, the cane break is like the threshold between, you know, the cane okay. field and like the open space beyond. Gotcha. It. Okay. All right. I was thinking about sugar cane, something I haven't thought of in years, but as a young lad in Mississippi, Brian, it used to be when the sugarcane harvest came in each year, certain grocery stores would have whole sugarcanes that they sold like as a treat, as a snack. So you'd get, uh, you know, about once a year we'd get a cane and all of us kids, it was, you know, we'd get together and they'd break off a little piece and split it. And it was like real fibrous mm-hmm. in that. So 
that Ryan, I'm, I'm assuming you've been in Louisiana. You've had some fresh sugar cane, right? Oh, yeah. I never got it at the store, but I used to go yeah. cut it and steal it out of the fields on okay. occasion when see. I was young. Yeah. I can see you that being that. an interesting thing. As, as a yeah. kid, I also like sugar. Yeah, but that was, I mean, just, just straight sugar, man. I have lived in places where sugar cane was a big thing. And now that I'm thinking about it, it was always a situation where you never nod on the sugar cane yourself. Somebody always had a grinder of some kind that crunched it up and spit out some uh, oh, extremely yeah. sweet juice. And I've yeah. tried that. And it's good. It's sweet. It's nice. I mean, it's I not something were, I grew up with, though. Right. We had places in Mississippi that would like do cocktails with, uh, you know, fresh sugar cane, squeeze it, crush it there. That, But OK, I was just curious about that. I thought it may have to do with sugar. Cane. So with the with the cane break, that's local sugar cane they use and they use local coffee in the, the Rev. Are there other local ingredients that make it into your beers? Those are the big two local coffee and then yeah we're using steam sugarcane syrup which comes out of abbeville which is nearby that's okay. pretty cool like yeah, yeah i mean the in belgian beers a lot you have the belgian candy sugars sure so sugar is a good common ingredient in, in various beers so what they need to do is another thing from louisiana that i enjoy a great deal that's not well known is perique liqueur the, uh, it's tobacco it's a tobacco liqueur. tobacco wow. yeah it's yeah. a liqueur made with the tobacco i always wanted to as a home brewer Age a beer in a barrel or on cubes that had been yeah, had soaked in Parique, and so I would like to, I would actually like to try a beer that's like that. And I'm, I think yeah. that you've got potentially access to that sort of thing. So just throwing that out there. Local, Ryan, more local advice for you, Ryan, in more. case in case you need something to brew. That's there. right. From so. a from a know it all on yeah. the radio to an award winning brewer, I've got some advice. You yeah. know, since Brian has thrown all these ideas, <laughs> we'll let you mull those over, but we'll talk about something that you actually brew right now. You have a series of beers called Sips, is that correct? That is correct. Tell us about Sips. So Sips is Sips is interesting because it came about kind of by, well, I don't want to say by accident, but we had a tank of a hazy IPA that we brewed that wasn't going anywhere. So we just had it sitting in the tank and we we're like, man, what are we going to do with all this beer? And so we decided to start siphoning off five barrels at a time from this 60 barrel tank and just doing different fruit combinations. So the very first round of sips that we released out of our tap room was fruited hazy IPAs. And then we we're kind of like, uh, this is, it's okay, but man, this would be really good if it was like kind of a more like a Berliner Weiss that was heavily fruited. So then after that, we, brewed a base beer you know with the intention of fruiting it and then that ended up becoming sips in its current form and we've done a whole bunch of different variants of it at this point so i i saw i was looking into sips i was trying to figure out get my head around it is it still a berliner at this point that's with fruit on it i mean kind of it's a high percentage of wheat malt and then two row barley um which is you know kind of a berliner berliner vice grain bill and it's co-fermented with ale yeast and lactobacillus and it gets a tiny amount of hops you know hardly any so it's really just kind of this nice tart refreshing base that just allows a ton of fruit to shine i was wondering about it being in clear bottles because i had seen pictures of it being in clear bottles and then i thought i saw that there was either no hops or very little hops in it so that kind of makes sense you're not going to get your uh you're light struck from that so much, right? Right. I think there's so much fruit, like it'd be hard to detect. 
And even like some fruits, like when you use passion fruit, you know, like we have a variant of sips that we've only released out of our tap room. Um, it's Riesling and pear and something like a Riesling grape. It can already come off kind of skunky because it has those diesel notes, you know, that can be a feature of like Riesling wines and that kind of thing. So if that one got a little skunky, it would just kind of taste more like Riesling grapes, I think. That You know, we've talked on on the show here a couple of times about certain beers getting a little skunkiness and it not being a bad thing. Like it's just kind of a blanket statement out there. Yeah. Skunk beer is bad. We did a homebrew Saison once that we put some in brown bottles and some in green bottles and then let them set in the sun. And of course the green bottle got a little funk to it and we preferred yeah. the green bottle beer. You know, it didn't oh, for sure. It wasn't necessarily dirty skunky. It was just more funk and more character to it. Yeah. It sort of added to the already yeah. you know present vibe of the beer. I can right. See right. So I take it you're on the team that you certain beers you don't mind a little of that skunk in there as well, right? Yeah, uh, I, w- yeah. I would definitely be on that team. Something like a Saison, something that's already got a little funk, you know, can kind of just add a little more character. You know, along these lines, you teased a little something earlier when we were talking, uh, like a daiquiri-themed series of beers. Like I, I think it was Orange Octane. Uh, is that something we can expect? Well, so Orange Octane was a taproom-only release. This is not something that, I mean, maybe in the longer term future, it could be something that could go out to distribution. But as of now, this would be a taproom only release. But so we did, it's our drive through series is what they're called. So they're, uh, okay. we're, we're calling them daiquiri style sours. So high ABV, you know, eight plus percent alcohol, heavily fruited, similar to the sips. And the first one we did was orange octane, which is an just a orange heavy you know it it looks like radioactive orange when you pour it sour really good tastes like tang with kind of like limey undertones is how i would describe it big fruit i have to wonder if there's going to be a a hurricane themed one coming from that because that seems like kind of seems like a no-brainer to me perhaps yeah (laughs) that's one that definitely came to mind yeah, we could definitely do a hurricane at some point. We definitely we've got some ideas rolling around, and uh, we are kind of starting to put things in motion to maybe release another one. It's kind of hard to say when because things are a little unpredictable now in the markets, you know, with everything being shut down and whatnot, and just kind of dealing with all that stuff. Yeah. But that's so true. We yeah. actually this week, Brian, we avoided a lot of coronavirus talk, which was good. We we've been seriously we've been spending a little a little. It gets it gets heavy, so it let's pass it. it. We're it just going to talk yeah. about beer here, yeah. So Ryan, what's uh, what else is coming up there from uh, from Parish? What's the exciting stuff we should look out for? Well, we've got we've got beer sitting in barrels that's you know just quietly aging. This coming uh, November, we've got our uh, Grand Reserve Day, you know, time, which is like usually right before Thanksgiving every year. We kind of do a big release bash. So we've got some irons in the fire for that. I can't really give any details, but I think you should, this is the place to do it. <laughs> we let won't it, tell let anyone it all we out. Swear. Yeah. <laughs> I can't give too many details, but okay, I will, okay. po- I will point out that it is going to be our 10 year anniversary. So, I mean, cool. we're kind of, we're kind of bound by law to do something awesome. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 
Well, I, I, can't, I can't give too many details. You know, I can't I can't really be specific, but we know the 10th is going to be big. So we'll just keep an eye out to see what I predict going on there. a blend there of go. 10 different barrels. That's it. man. Ooh. I think that's it. So if people want to keep up with what's going on and get prepared for this 10th anniversary thing coming up, how should they uh, follow you guys? Where should they go? Social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram are the best ways to keep track of what we're up to and what's going on and be up to date on all that news. Um, we also have a newsletter that you can sign up for on our website to get information as well. Good stuff. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week as we talk with Logston Farmhouse Sales. For more crapper info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mayo. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, Your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang.